Welcome to Lead Pods, the official leadership podcast from USMB for pastors and church leaders, where our goal is to increase our impact together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the USMB Lead Pods. Uh, my name is Matt Ayersman, and I am so grateful to keep this thing going and have another episode with you today. So thank you for carving out some time uh, wherever you are today, wherever you're listening. Grateful to have your time here for a little bit. So I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. We kind of switch gears a little bit, and um, as we're still kind of getting this podcast up and going, the first several episodes were more kind of spiritual topics. We talked a lot about uh, prayer and the gospel, lots of great stuff from the, the, the guests that we've had so far. Uh, today we're shifting gears just a little bit and we're talking about a different aspect of leadership that we all have to face and that is how to lead good and effective meetings. Um, meetings can be great and meetings can be awful. <laughs> I've been in some bad meetings, you've probably been in some bad meetings and good leaders are people who know how to effectively manage people through uh, the meetings that we have just day in and day out. So um, today I'm talking to Paul Roby. He is the lead pastor of the South Mountain Community Church in Utah, a great growing church out there near Salt Lake. And he just had a lot of really great practical ideas of ways that you can kind of level up on your meeting skills. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So um, we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll get right to uh, some great tips from our friend Paul Roby. Tabor College is a proud sponsor of USMB Lead Podcasts. Starting this fall, Tabor is launching a bachelor's degree in adaptive ministry leadership. The degree spotlights how we can continue to serve our world as Christians in an ever-changing cultural environment. The best part about the program is that it is being offered 100% online. For more information, go to tabor.edu backslash online. All right, well, hey, everybody. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Today, I'm joined by Paul Roby and he is the pastor at uh, South Mountain Community Church in Draper, Utah, just outside of Salt Lake in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, he's got several campuses, so we're gonna, we'll dive into that maybe just a little bit. But hey, Paul, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Good to be here, Matt. Thanks you, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So today's kind of a little bit different topic from what we've done in these first few episodes. We're gonna be talking about how to lead good meetings. And Paul, I guess you must have a good reputation because you're one of the first people that the USMB team uh, kind of tagged to talk about this topic. So we'll dive in there in just a minute, but let's get to know you just a little bit. So Paul, tell us a little bit about your church. And I think you've been there, what, 20 some years? Tell us about how that church started and your role yeah, there. Let me go a little bit back beyond that because I was on staff at Laurel Glen Bible Church and MB Church in Bakersfield, California. I was okay. an associate pastor there for 10 years. And then they actually helped me, uh, as well as Pacific District Conference and U.S. Conference, they all helped plant South Mountain, the very first MB Church ever in Utah. And um, so we've been here for 22 years. We have five campuses now. Uh, Ten is just over 3,000 people. Um, it's over 1,500 baptisms in that time. So we feel like we made a great decision. It was, it's, it's been very, very exciting for us. A lot of hard work, but we've seen a lot of life change. And um, our church is specifically designed to reach LDS people. And so we have a very clear mission and, and a focus. I, I think that's a, a competitive advantage almost of, of us is that we don't have to wonder who we're trying to reach. And um, 
that really does sharpen our message, I think. And uh, it's kind of fun to do ministry in this kind of environment where evangelical Christianity represents about one to one and a half percent of the population. Wow. Yeah, that's a much different uh, environment than most of us are used to. So that's, and just to clarify, LDS, Latter-day Saints, just in case yeah. somebody mm-hmm. is with that. So. Yeah, they officially don't want to be called LDS anymore or Mormon. They want to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But that's, you know, that's what they would prefer. Right. But man, that's that's pretty incredible to go from nothing to where you are today. That's That's pretty awesome. It it reminds me back in the day, uh, even before we moved here, I think Brad had just uh, launched Copper Hills. Okay. And uh, so he was just ahead of me. And uh, there was an article in the leader and and there was a typo. And uh, it it talked about the LSD. So (laughs) I think over the years, we finally got it right just to, you know, make sure that everybody knows who we're talking about. Yeah, that's a different type uh, target. There. <laughs> yeah, different type. Well, so Paul, tell us um, as we kind of transition to the meeting topic. So, just getting things started, we've all been a part of good meetings. We've all been a part of bad meetings. Right. And meetings is just part of office life. So maybe just to start, how would you define or how would you compare contrast a good meeting versus a bad meeting? Yeah, uh, I think I'm influenced uh, quite a bit by that. Uh, first of all, by experience, and then. The book called Death by Meeting uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. had a real impact on me because it, it, it identified what I was feeling. So I, I was feeling all these feel, uh, feelings at one point, but he, uh, what's his name, uh, Lencioni put a, a lot of words to that and really helped solidify what, what the problem was. Uh, when I was at Laurel Glen Bible Church, the elder board just grew and grew and grew. And we actually had a 24 month, maybe 26 month period. And I was keeping track of this, uh, where we never made a decision. And talking about death by meeting, some of these elder meetings started at seven o'clock and went past midnight. uh, Anybody who might listen to this, that were part of those meetings. um, Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here. It is a shared agonizing experience when you have those type of meetings over and over and over. So when I had an opportunity to form uh, our bylaws and put those together, had a very simple structure. Uh, I was the chairman. I would be the lead pastor and chairman of the elder board. That way I got to drive the meetings forward. We Mm -hmm. Uh, put our elder meetings at 6.30 in the morning, so people have to go to work at 8, so that's typically a a limit to the length of your elder meeting, and I have very few. So we we targeted for the first 15 years or so, our our ideal was three elders, Um, and that's that's either total, three to four elders if you include me. And so... It, it created a situation where we were nimble. We made decisions rapidly. And I think, again, that's a competitive advantage. If you can make decisions quickly, mm-hmm. uh, that is important. Another thing that I thought was really important is the delineation of powers. Mm-hmm. And so what are the areas of decision-making that belong to the elders and what are the areas of decision-making that belong specifically to me. 
I wrote an, uh, a bylaws and it was ratified by our elder board. And so no congregational votes ever. We, we voted one time as a church, never to vote again. That was the best vote we've ever had. Wow. Okay. And so we just, we just voted to ratify uh, the bylaws. And then we went to elder type of rule type of situation where the lead pastor ran all the day-to-day stuff. And so my elder board quickly became what I like to call a wisdom board. Like they, they weren't to rubber stamp stuff. Like we couldn't be indebted. I couldn't indebt the church. Uh, I, I would have to make sure they would have to pass a yearly budget. Uh, I couldn't spend over a certain amount of money without elder approval, all these sorts of things. Obviously that safeguards the lead pastor so that he doesn't get himself in hot water. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was really clear that, I ran the church every single day, day to day, made personnel decisions, but (laughs) hopefully, you know, being a church planner at 42, I think uh, helped me not make the same mistakes as a, maybe a 32 year old uh, church planner or even younger. And that is, I typically ran by every semi big decision, any, anything, that I felt a little crunchy about making myself, even though it was my decision, I always ran it by my elder board and just like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? And, and we treated it as something that we would put our heads together on and try to come up with a consensus. And, and so that's what we worked for. So we, I, I don't know that we ever voted in all those years, but we did work toward consensus. And if we couldn't, we typically would table it, but um, I, t- I tried to create a atmosphere on the elder board of big boy conversations. And we often would say either speak now or forever hold your peace. In other words, no fair nodding your head in agreement and then going out later and saying, you know, it really wasn't my decision. It isn't what I wanted to do. That would get you kicked off the elder board. <laughs> we needed 100% unity, especially in the early days where our church was wobbly, it, it was iffy if we were really going to make it financially and, and all that kind of stuff. We needed a unified elder board. So those are the things that kind of are foundational to that level of meeting. That would probably be our highest level of meeting uh, since we don't have congregational meetings. That's, that's great. I love that. So I, I know we got a lot of pastors listening, but we probably have a lot of business people or people who lead in other contexts too. So if I'm hearing you right, like one of the big benefits is having fewer people involved so you can make decisions faster. Is that kind of yep. the, the, the yep. key thing there? And, and you, a very carefully uh, crafted delinea- delineation of powers. Uh-huh. In other yeah. words, don't be putting your little fingers into every little decision. Don't be looking over the lead pastor's shoulder on all those little decisions. Now, if a lead pastor's smart, he's asking for their input on a lot of stuff. Just because it's his power, he doesn't have to exercise that power independently. And so a lot of times now with being a multi-site church, I'll just connect with the with the elder from that campus and the campus pastor, and we'll work out maybe the budget, we'll work out an important decision, a personnel decision. So sometimes we can break that board down into even smaller units mm-hmm. in order to um, rapidly move forward and make decisions. Mm-hmm. 
Now, my elder board, by the way, can fire me. I work for them. They are my boss. And uh, we have a whole system of what that looks like. And in fact, I'm, I'm entering into a succession planning season. And so my elder board is very much uh, involved in, uh, it's under their powers to replace me. But mm -hmm. because I'm on the elder board, I get a voice in that. But certainly, I don't drive that process at all. And I, I could hear you saying, as you were talking through that, that I think any church or business, they start small usually, and then hopefully they grow. And in the early days, I'm guessing your meetings were pretty much everybody, or at least all the kind of major players were in your meetings. But then it right. got to the point where you had to make a change. And I'm guessing any kind of change like that is not going to go perfectly easy. Some people's feelings might be hurt if they're not in meetings. They might disagree with you about how much power you or the board should have. Did you have any of that as you kind of made some of these changes along the way? And how did you deal with some of that? Well, I think wisdom is uh, if you're going to make a decision that's going to potentially put you out on an island and set you up for uh, criticism and in any kind of significant way, that's a sign that you should come together as an as a board and make that decision together and there's nothing like having two three four guys standing behind you saying it was our decision not just paul's decision but our decision um man that's how you stay at one church for 22 years <laughs> you're not always out on an island uh trying to call the shots by yourself mm -hmm. so practically when you go into a meeting walk us through how much how much planning do you do going into a meeting? Do you have like an agenda typed out that everyone sees yeah. or you kind of just walk us through what a meeting with you looks like? Well, I think you're onto something here, Matt. That That's actually the, the essential element to a great meeting is not what happens in the meeting, what, but what happens prior to the meeting. So every time we have a, a, a meeting, be it elder meeting or what we call executive team meeting, that's my campus pastors, my teaching pastor, the leader of my campus support team, and myself. So that's seven of us work on day-to-day -day strategy and things like that. There's always an agenda. We keep track of the decisions that were made. But what's essential to a good meeting is what you send people to read before the meeting so that they're, and, and I have a system of, that looks kind of like this, where I actually make a proposal and I give two to three options and I give the pros and cons to each option. So when we have a big decision coming up, the L, we don't start from scratch in the meeting. We work off my proposal and then we debate option one, option two, option three. And, and there, that gives them something to look at, something to think through. And a lot of times we end up doing uh, option 2A or 3B or something like that. We modify one of my proposals. But again, we're not starting from scratch at the meeting. We have already thought through all kinds of implications of this decision because that was given prior to the meeting for our elders to read. And so, and also our executive team meeting, uh, all that stuff is given to them ahead of time. Any meeting so that you start from scratch on, on a decision is going to be an awful meeting because people are just winging it. They haven't thought about the issues. 
It's just, it's not good. Now, if you want to have a brainstorming meeting, that's completely different. That's not a decision-making meeting. Mm-hmm. And in a brainstorming meeting, you want to be able to say, wow, before you say how. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're always talking about that. Like, hey, don't shoot down our idea yet. Let's right. let a decision, let's let a um, brainstorming meeting breathe. Let, mm-hmm. Let's give every idea some air underneath it and some light so that it at least gets a chance to grow in popularity instead of getting shot down right away. So completely different type of meeting. And I think it's important that you don't confuse your decision-making meetings with your brainstorming meetings. Those should be two different kinds of meetings. Yeah. And then I'm curious, when you end your meeting, do you have pretty clear action steps? Or well, So you, you, you talked about the prep end, and I'll to walk us through what the end of the meeting and the post meeting looks like. Right. Action steps are essential. And uh, it's the follow-up in between meetings. Um, what we do with our elder meetings is an, a, we, we send out the minutes after the meeting, like a day or two after the meeting. Let's, let's all agree this is what we talked about. This is what we agreed to. Everybody on board, if there's, a, if there's any kind of discussion about that, that's all done through email. So that by the time we get to our next meeting, we already, you know, we, we've already pretty much approved the minutes. We're ready to go to our next thing. We already know what our action steps are. The individuals that signed up for one of the action steps are going to come with a report on what they've done. Mm-hmm. And so all that's really important. Like I say, I don't like long meetings. I'm, I, I have very low tolerance for um, guys just waxing eloquent about something that they haven't really thought through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to keep these many meetings tight. And again, everything depends on what you do between the meetings for that to happen. Meetings have a bad reputation, right? A lot of people just hate meetings, like you were just saying, maybe because they have a bad experience. I think some of I think you mentioned Patrick Lencioni earlier and yeah. I have a quote here from, he says something about meetings aren't just something to get through, but they are the job of the leader. And right. I think some leaders probably like you were talking about, they might just walk into a meeting without a whole lot of planning. The people coming to the meeting don't know what they're talking about. Do you agree with what he's saying? That well, I'll tell you meetings, something. Yeah, go for it. I think, I think what a lot of meetings lack is the celebration of the wins. So we try to celebrate wins at every single meeting that we have, even if it's only five minutes of the meeting, like, hey, what's something good that's happened this last week or since the last meeting? What can we celebrate together? And then the other thing that's often missing from a meeting is a real leader casting real vision for the entire organization and for this group that is meeting. Like, we need to be reminded why this is important work. We need to be reminded what the mission is. Uh, sometimes if uh, one of our values is violated in, the, in, in a meeting, mm-hmm. we stop, we talk about that's not who we are. We've all agreed this is who we are. This is how we approach ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's re, uh, you know, put our hands in a circle and let's all rededicate ourselves to this type of ministry, this type of church with these values. Mm-hmm. And so vision casting uh, is a very essential part of a good meeting as long as well as the wins. And then I'm curious, it sounds like this has become just kind of a, um, a culture, kind of a standard at your church. 
do you, I mean, you're, I know you're not the only one leading meetings. So do you kind of give some sort of training or instruction for other leaders yeah. how to lead meetings? What's awesome now is uh, my, what is called director of CST, our campus support team. He actually runs the meetings uh, of our executive team meeting. And again, that's our campus pastors, our teaching pastor and him and myself. And he's so much more organized than I am. Oh my goodness. And, and we're doing so much better recording decisions and having the agenda ready to go. And so we use Asana. And mm -hmm. so every action item, every decision that we need to make is on Asana under ETM. And so we just get our phones out, bring up uh, Asana, go to ETM, and we're clicking down and everybody knows what we're going to talk about that day. And they also know because in Asana, we'll list what the decision was. So we, that's a that's a software tool that everybody could use in order to make sure you're all on the same page. I highly recommend it. Yeah, if people aren't familiar, can you give a little bit more background of what Asana is? So just a, a project management track. It's a project management software and we use that, we use Slack uh, as a church to uh, just kind of do inter-office and inter-campus communication. A lot of times it's all about celebrating wins. It's, it's about, sometimes we'll do, I'll do devotionals together and we, we post ideas about what we read in the Bible. Uh, so it's that type of thing. Uh, maybe a quick question. Hey, what are you guys doing in children's ministry at your campus? We're thinking about this. So that kind of stuff. But anything that requires action is Asana. So that's the delineation. Asana is project management. If it's not in Asana uh, and there isn't someone assigned to it, then it just kind of is going to get lost. So I think a lot of people listening lead pastor, or if you're the head of an organization, if you're leading anything really, you're, you're busy. It's a lot of work to be the number one guy or girl of whatever organization we're talking about. And the level of prep you're talking about, a lot of people probably aren't doing, and they probably aren't doing it because they feel like they don't have time to do it. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little, little bit about how you prioritize this or ha have you found that it's worth it to put the time in? Just talk about time management of leading meetings in this way. Well, yeah, I, I think that I like to say that whenever I'm talking to a pastor, I can honestly say my church at one time was smaller than yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For 99% for of the churches, I can honestly say that. It was my wife and my two boys and me. Mm -hmm. That's how our church started. And so it's just one couple at a time. Uh, we started very, very small. In the early days, I didn't need a big board. I mean, I had a task force that we met every two, three months. You know, we just talked. And it really was a one, one pony show, so to speak, where I made all the day-to-day -day decisions. And there wasn't a whole lot of other kind of decisions because we we're, we're just a fledgling beginning church. Mm -hmm. as, as things went on, I had like just two other elders and that kept it small. We were friends, um, we very casual, but as the church becomes more complex, you need to add a few more people to that mix, not too many, but a few more. And then you have to start really doing things more corporately mm -hmm. because there's more money involved, there's more personnel involved. And so <clears throat> one pastor told me, 
that every church has three C's. And if you don't, if you get one of the C's wrong, you're going to fail as a church. And so community, corporate, and cause. If you don't pay attention to your corporate stuff, you're not going to have enough money to stay in business to achieve your cause or to stay together as a family. So any, this is a three-legged stool. If you don't have a cause, people aren't going to give. And so you forget your corporate because there's not enough money to do that. And, uh, you know, and so those three things need to be balanced. And all I'm saying is that stool just gets bigger. You, those three things don't go away. Yep. Hopefully that's helpful. But anyway, yeah, that's very helpful. So maybe, maybe a kind of a tough, a tough question. So what if someone listening isn't the person leading the meetings or not necessarily super high on the org chart, but they know that they're a part of bad meetings, right? What can we do if we're a part of an organization that's not meeting well, but it's not our job to fix it? (laughs) How can we lead up in this area? Let's be honest here. Most of us that maybe went to Bible college or seminary, we're, we're leading a church. We're not wired for the admin part of this whole thing. So either we need to ask somebody, like I never took notes. I always had an elder take the minutes and stuff like that. Now I have my CST director in my elder meetings doing all that because we have so many more decisions than we used to have. Mm-hmm. But if you're an associate and you're feeling like these meetings are a waste of time, uh, there's that uh, book uh, by the North Coast pastor, uh, Leading When You're Not in Charge. Mm -hmm. What you could do as an associate is go out to lunch with your lead pastor and say, hey, I just want to help you get this right. Do you want me to take notes at our meetings? Do you want me to send out the agenda? Do you, do you want me to actually do that for you? All that kind of stuff. There's not a lead pastor <laughs> in the world that wouldn't say yes. Yeah. And that's going to make your that's going to make your meeting that much better cuz you and he might go out on out to lunch on a Monday knowing that meetings are on, you know, Thursdays and your, your lunch meeting is a standing meeting and that's where you work out the agenda. You, you make sure you did follow up on, on action items. And, and if you build that into your schedule, it's, you're going to be gold. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it takes somebody who's more wired for that to actually come alongside the lead pastor. Not, I'm telling you, I haven't met hardly any lead pastors that are admin oriented. Yeah. Cause yeah, your main skill set is so different from that. Right. Exactly. So obviously, as we're recording, it's it's what early May, mid May, and so we're still in the coronavirus season. So I'm curious, what have your staff or elder meetings looked like in this season? Is it different, or does it yeah. elevate other certain things? Or tell us about that. Both of those meetings are very different. We typically have an elder meeting once a month. We've gone to twice a month, and we have a spending uh, plan that is no non-essential spending. Mm -hmm. Uh, We basically canceled every pastor's credit card. We're asking our, our, our pastors to not work from the church except for like staff meetings and stuff like that. Any expenditure that's not essential has to go through me. I think that I have like a $500 limit and anything above 500 has to go to the elder board. So we have taken a stance of this is 
we're, we're, we're anticipating a depression is how we talked about it. I don't think we're going to go into a depression, but I like the idea that my elders are smarter than me and want us to be ready for a depression mm-hmm. or a deep recession. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're financially taking all the steps in order not to kind of be caught uh, with uh, no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we're just eliminating all kinds of stuff. We're trying to keep everybody employed. Mm-hmm. And so we're really fiscally super conservative right now. Uh, through the MB Foundation's uh, generosity, we've we've gone to interest only, you know, for two months or so, two three months, and that that that's put us in a little bit better shape. And so during this time, we are all about being vigilant for our financial picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah we talk all the time, and now at our ETM uh, meeting our executive team meeting, we are all about how to restart. And so I have a campus in St. George that starts this, is restarting this Sunday. I have an international campus, which is Spanish speaking, that's starting this Sunday and how they start. Uh, We sent out a survey to our people. We got over 600 surveys back uh, for our three English speaking Northern campuses. And uh, we had 56% of the people say that they'd be comfortable coming back at the end of this month or the 1st of June. And we had 90% say that they would be more comfortable coming back 1st of July. Oh, wow. And so we've taken that survey results and said, all right, what are we going to do? And so ETM is all about trying to figure out when and how to restart uh, we're talking about children's ministry. We're talking about children in the services. Mm-hmm. We're talking about social spacing. We're talking about touchless hand sanitizer stations, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's all our conversation right now is how do we restart? Well, uh, we have pretty detailed production meetings every week because basically we're producing a TV show every week. Mm-hmm. We have an hour-long TV show, so to speak, where uh, we, sometimes we fill the we film the sermon at a different location. We do songs in a, in a little bit different way. It's highly produced. We have all these elements to the service that makes it more uh, watchable instead of just filming a service. We we've tried to go all out on making it a top quality experience online. So one of the things we're talking about is after this whole thing's coming to an end, what is our online presence going to look like? And do we have to basically keep doing the kind of quality that we have made our people get used to? So yep. that, that's a big point of discussion. Yep. And I'm curious when you're leading those meetings, the problem, I'm guessing at least some of them are over Zoom or something similar. Yeah. And I don't lead all those meetings. The production meeting, I don't. I don't lead, and I don't lead the ETM meeting. Do you, I'm curious, do you go through a similar prep and action step process, whether you're on Zoom or in person? Yeah, and so we use PCO uh, for the production meeting. Planning Center Online has our game plan. Every element of that service is already there. Then we critique it. We're two, three weeks out on that so that we can make sure we have the songs ready to go. We have the tracks already purchased. Uh, We have, 
uh, the people lined up, all that kind of stuff. So yep. again, software plays a big part of this, right? In yep. keeping people on the same page, you have to have the right kind of software. Mm -hmm. In terms of band, production, all that kind of stuff, PCO. So one of my, kind of as we begin to wrap up here, one yep. phrase that I've heard a lot is, oh, that meeting could have been an email. And I think that's a kind of a common thing. Some people might feel like, oh, we were in an hour meeting when someone really could have just sent a couple of sentences in an email. How, how, is there some kind of line, if it's not one of these standing meetings that we've been talking about, if it's something else that we need, like a decision needs to be made about something that doesn't fit into kind of one of our normal meetings, yeah. do you have kind of a line where you're like, we need to meet versus we can just do this over email? I think that uh, as much as I hate meetings, I think there's a lot of room for what are called stand-up meetings. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that Lencioni talks about where nobody sits down. Mm -hmm. It gives you a chance to just connect. And again, meetings are more about alignment than they are about anything else. And so sometimes you don't see the look on someone's face through an email when you're suggesting something. And so you can create non-alignment in an email where if you were together standing up, everybody's holding a cup of coffee, having a conversation, you can work toward alignment in that kind of an environment where an email doesn't cut it. Zoom is even better than, than nothing. I, I'm a fan of, of short meetings when we just need to get clarity and we need to make sure that we're in alignment. Yeah, I feel like I want to come to one of your meetings. Can I just hop in on one of your meetings? Just to see <laughs> <that>? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm telling you, and, and if anybody's thinking about going multi-site, let me just say this. Mm -hmm. Everything is exponentially more complicated. Mm -hmm. when, when you, you can go to two campuses, but as soon as you go to three, everything breaks apart. Mm -hmm. And so as a church, we've gone through probably five years of whitewater and that's uh that's a term being thrown around now and the whitewater is when your systems policies and procedures are trying to catch up to your structure yep. and we have fought through whitewater and i feel like we're just coming out to where the stream is a little calmer and our decision making is a little more smooth so, yeah, it's it's been rough. It has yeah. been rough. I don't want to pretend like, hey, this has just been a nice little trip. Clearly, you're doing something right. I think the the numbers in your SAP culture would tell you that you're doing a lot of things really well. So, um, so again, as we're kind of starting to wrap up here, if I, if we could sort of summarize, what I'm hearing you say is it's good to ha have fewer people involved in the higher higher level decision making and keep things moving quickly. Make sure you have an agenda and send it out ahead of time if you're going to have meetings. Keep the meeting short and then end with very clear action steps. Would you say that's right? And, and just one more thing, and that is yep. very clear delineation of powers. Yeah. What yep. board gets to, what group, what team gets to decide what decisions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. that's good. No, you, you got it, Matt. Thank you so much for listening carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this, it's an important thing. And like you said, a lot of times people get to a base of leadership because of gifts that aren't necessarily administration. And so I think all of us, and certainly maybe um, the number one who in our organization can grow in this area. So we've mentioned Lencioni a couple of times. Do you have any other books or TED Talks or resources that have kind of helped you along the way? I, I think that Henry Cloud has uh, some stuff about boards that is really good. 
Okay. And especially the elder level, he talks about a practice that we don't do as much as we probably should. And he said at the end of every meeting, you should have a check-in time. And that is, did you get to say everything you wanted to say today? Mm-hmm. Is there anything left that got unsaid? Please say it before we leave. I don't do that as often as maybe I should, but that's a Henry Cloud insight, and I think it's important if, if you can do that. Well, Paul, thank you again for your time today. And I guess um, right before we started talking, you let us know that you're actually doing your own podcast. Now, do you want to give us a quick... Yeah, what's it's just called the Fully Delighted Podcast. Uh, I'm doing that with a teaching pastor on staff named Eric Nelson, and then Adam Jones, my CST director. Uh, he hosts it, and so... Wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, you can try to find that. We're working through uh, basically the why behind the what at SMCC. And if nobody else listens, I want my entire staff to listen. We have, I think, 32, 33 staff people. If they'll listen, that will bring us more alignment. And that's what we're after. And so I think we decided to do it during this coronavirus thing because it will connect more of our people. There's more touches for our people during this time. There you go. Non-physical touches. We can't touch people. Non-physical touches. Well, Paul, I feel like we've all got a lot to learn from you. So thank you for your your ministry in Utah. And thanks for um, your time today. A lot of great information to share with us. So thank you for your time. Okay, Matt. Thank you. MB Foundation provides biblical financial stewardship solutions to the Mennonite Brethren community. Inspired by 1 Timothy 6, 17-19, we encourage and assist individuals, churches, and ministries to take hold of real life through generosity. We call that giving meaning to money. Our services include planned giving, loans, fund management, investment certificates, and stewardship education. With offices in Hillsborough, Kansas, and Fresno, California, we are ready to serve you. Learn more at www.mbfoundation.com or call us today at 1-800-551-1547. MB Foundation is pleased to partner with USMB to bring you this episode of Lead Pods. All right, there you have it. Now I'm sure your meetings will just be unbelievably productive and entertaining and enjoyable and just making decisions like you've never made decisions before. <laughs> um, but really, man, Paul was great. I um, really appreciate his insight on meetings. And it was also good for me to hear his kind of peek behind the curtain on uh, how his church is handling uh, reopening after COVID and it was just um, some good tips there as well. So, and speaking of COVID, I know I said this last time, but I hope uh, wherever you are, things are starting to open up and getting at least some sense of normalcy. I know every state is handling things differently and it seems like things are still changing day by day, week by week. So wherever you are and whatever things are looking like, um, I'm, I hope you're able to kind of settle back into some kind of routine Uh, with you and your family and your church in this crazy season that we've all gone through together. So um, again, I want to thank you for listening. And uh, if you haven't yet, I do encourage you to subscribe to wherever you were listening today, as well as if you don't mind, uh, either leave a comment or a review wherever you listen to your podcast or share this link on social or shoot an email to someone. We'd love your help to spread the word as we continue to grow this show. So Uh, Thanks for listening, and we've got several more really fun episodes planned, and I hope to see you next time on The Lead Pods.